Welcome to FF episode 2580. Mike Matthews here at Cafe Anyway, and it's Mike's Daily Podcast. Located somewhere in. Where are we? Podcastro Valley. Yeah. It's great to be here with you and Sally. Yeah. What's Sally doing here? I don't know. She shows up from time to time and then she'll go and she just left. Oh, well, Sally. It was nice to have you. Sally. Mike's Daily Podcast. Did you poison me with poisonous evening nightshade again? Mike's Nightmare on Elm Street. Daily. I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas. Podcast. One of those nightmare movies. Yeah. Yes! That's it. That's the end of that song. I had a lot of pressure on me, which is similar to stress. Stress and pressure are similar. Oh, we're doing the laundry too here at Cafe Anyway. So a lot's happening at this wonderful spot. So I'm, um,. Uh, oh, I did a Zoom call today. It was one. Zoom did this thing where they said, hey, we know it's a stressful, anxiety written world, and we have proven strategies to use stress to your advantage. And so I went ahead and, and watched it. Let's see. It doesn't. Oh. They said they were going to record it and then upload it afterwards, but they don't show me where they did it. Let's see if I can do from memory what they were talking about. They were talking about how there is the pressure that you have on you and then the amount of time that the pressure is on you and if you're feeling weak or strong. And it seems like at some point, some point stress, it's like your stress, EU if I've got that right, you stress. And then at some point it turns into distress. And then it, then it's, uh, it's just, then it, uh, then it, then you're panicking. And here's today's podcast picture. It's a, I think it is the stress pressure curve. Is that it? Oh yeah. And the podcast picture is the stress pressure. No, it's not. It's, it's actually of a today. The amazing weather that we had Which was very stormy We had a lot of rain last night Trees fell over like crazy in the Bay Area And today It got kind of stormy and Scary looking and I got a picture and you can see it At mikesdailypodcast.com Yes it's called the stress curve There's stress level and performance It's like a uh, What do you call it? Basil, the late great Basil the Boxer What do you call that? It's like a graph There you go It's a graph So there's this time Where you have too little stress Too little pressure And I liked how the lady That was teaching this at Zoom Was saying Don't think of it so much as stress As pressure And if there's too little pressure on you That's called an underload And it's not enough Then you're bored And you're inactive and you're laid back And now you want to go a little bit past that Where the stress level, the pressure level Is a little bit more And they call that optimum stress Some do And when that happens You're good Your performance is good You're feeling good It's at a good point then, And then You get to some fatigue 
and then there's too much stress and it's an overload and you get exhaustion and then burnout happens when the stress gets beyond and the pressure gets beyond all that and it turns into anxiety, panic and anger and you start to break down. That's right. Low pressure, moderate pressure, high pressure and then very high. Oh, and there's this thing called the zone of delusion. (laughs) Sometimes I can't help but feeling like I am living in a zone of delusion. Thank you, Joe Walsh. Yes. So, yeah, what happens is right around the time the moderate pressure is happening, your performance is going up. That's good. That's the ideal zone. And then when the pressure gets too high, and you, and you go from comfort to stretch. You're stretching your performance. You're stretching yourself. And then it becomes a strain. And then you start to crash. And people in this area, they're in a zone of delusion that they can keep pushing through. I can stay up all night and study and I'll do great on my test. And then, bam, you hit the burnout factor. And this one does not mention the... The year Magnification They just call it low stress High stress That part where you're starting to crash Magnification They were calling it distress And then the part Where it's good stress That's uh, your stress You stress E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S Positive stress Is when you perceive a stressful situation As an opportunity That will lead you to a good outcome They're also talking about how Thinking that the world is just throwing stuff at you And you can't control it Which is something that I believe There's a lot, you know But if you believe that You gotta also believe You gotta have to have a sense of humor with it Life doesn't take itself seriously So why should you take it Seriously That kind of thing But then This Person was saying Well maybe you should Not think of it this way And she actually did a poll With all the people Or a bunch of people On this Zoom call That you should Do do you think is it Is it a thing that, That you can't control Or is there stuff inside of you That you can control internally And a lot of people There was about half and half And so she was saying You should try to focus On what you control Inside of you like your, your perspective This positive expectation Called good stress Is in contrast to negative stress Or distress Which occurs when you perceive A stressor as a threat That will have a poor outcome She was talking about somebody Who had been a prisoner Was taken captive somewhere And everybody what, what saved his life Was that he was, a, he was not An optimist So everybody who could not As we were going outside a cafe anyway Where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast Somewhere in Podcast Drove Alley The last place on earth The people Anyway That were having a tough time And didn't Didn't last In the prison Were those that would hear Hey Hey we might be getting out At Christmas They might be letting us go by Christmas And then Christmas would come And they were still there and they were to get all depressed because that moment of everything they'd been striving for suddenly didn't come to pass. Whereas this guy believed that you just believe in getting through it and that you'll be stronger for it. That's what he kept thinking. And that's what got him through it. 
that you'll survive. I will survive. Sing that little ditty when things are getting crazy. And there's stuff inside of you that you control. Think about what you can control. And then she was also talking about how you need to take time for yourself and do things that are positive, that you enjoy, that get you excited. And they make you happy Like you know Positive things Like doing a podcast Somebody said Hey I enjoy dancing And so anyway Cafe anyway There we go That was a very helpful Thing to hear today Because last year Was a very stressful year And she also said That people that say That they are having Overwhelming stress Like if If they were asked the question How was your year last year Was it super stressful Was it overwhelming Or was it You know Was it not so bad The people that were It's not so bad They had They were fine But the people that said It was overwhelmingly stressful They had a 40% chance Of Uh Dying (laughs) Dun 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 Yes Something that Like completely So It's a good idea To stay positive Not optimistic, not crazy, pie-in-the-sky optimistic. Realistically optimistic, if that's a thing. The 16th largest bank, as you know, Silicon Valley Bank. It was the 16th largest bank at the end of 2022 in the U.S. With about $290 billion in assets, became the largest bank to fail since Washington Mutual. In the 2008 financial crisis Now This is interesting I now realize I did have money In Washington Mutual But did I stress no Because Wells Fargo took it over And I didn't lose any money So in that way I avoided stress But California bank regulators Closed SVB And appointed the Federal Deposit Insurance Company As a receiver Two days later, the FDIC issued a systemic risk exception to allow it to protect both insured and uninsured deposits held at Silicon Valley Bank. On the same day, the Federal Reserve established a $25 billion bank term funding program to help ensure eligible banks have the necessary liquidity to meet the needs of their depositors. While the reason for SVB's failures were manifold, a significant factor was the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes starting in 2022 to combat inflation, which disproportionately impacted financial conditions in the startup space. In the days immediately before and after SVB's failure, two similar financial institutions that were major lenders to the crypto sector, Silvergate Capital and Signature Bank were also seized by state and federal regulators. Signature was also given a systemic risk exception. The failure of these banks generated sufficient public concern about the state of the banking sector President Biden then addressed the nation on Monday, March 13th to try to calm fears of a new financial crisis. As an election cycle approaches, the official response to the collapse of SVB will have significant political implications. You'll hear a lot more of it in the election year. 
Any exceptional measures to quell market angsts invite a debate about more hazard risk. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve faces mounting pressure within the markets to delay and limit further rate hikes. They did like a 0.24 raise in interest rates today. And this is a person named Goldie Gardner who wrote this. She is the corporate counsel legal consultant in San Francisco. Reuters sent this as well. Goldie says the bank failures are high. They highlight a number of concerns that may weigh on the minds of many bankers as well as borrowers and depositors amid worries about disruptions in the credit markets, including the impact of customers of failed banks due to interruptions in the accessibility of funds and availability of credit, the impact on borrowers and counterparties to financial contracts entered into with failed banks, the broader impact of the failure of these banks on startup businesses in the tech sector, and then the access by the crypto sector to banking services and on the renewable energy sector. Fears of loss of confidence in the banking sector, particularly among smaller and mid-sized regional banks and questions about whether the government agencies are prepared to continue to take exceptional measures to protect uninsured deposits in the event of future bank failures, says Goldie Gardner. Remains to be seen, but that is where we're at today. So, not to add distress. And anyway... And then, Elizabeth Warren, she wants to bail out the wealthy, according to this commentary that I was also sent. After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and its well-connected venture capital interests, pressure mounted for the federal government to make everyone whole, regardless of FDIC insurance caps. Elizabeth Warren followed up by proposing to lift deposit insurance caps from $250,000 to as high as $10 million. Wow. Not only would that amount to a bailout, that would amount to a bailout of the wealthy. And this is written by a conservative, a Republican, who for the most part, you know, it's all about help the wealthy and trickle down and all that. But this person writes, it would create a number of unintended consequences. FDIC insurance would skyrocket, as would capital controls, in ways that would likely force most community and regional banks out of business. The consolidation that followed would create a handful of too big to fail banking institutions and concentrate even more on economic and political power into fewer hands. Well, that's not a conservative point of view. The, the power should be distributed to all sorts. Seems to be the backbone of the beliefs of the Republican Party. Give the states power. Give people the power. Give, well, some power they can have, some they can't. But it's definitely state power and not have such a strong federal government. That's why whenever I hear Republicans say something, like when president, when the Republicans have the president, then and they want that president to have all kinds of power. 
But at some point You hear some Republicans When they're giving The president all this power Or trying to do that they see, You hear some Republicans In the wings say Wait, 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 wait That's not what we stand for The FDIC exists To protect individual depositors Not the wealthy bankers And speculators From the consequences Of their own folly Bailouts especially Of the sort Warren is proposing That $10 million creates a more moral hazards that result in more failures in the future. And this is a lesson we should have learned in 2008. So, there you go. I found that interesting. Okay, one more interesting thing. <laughs> one more little bit of what the heck. So, yeah, the Fed did raise rates. Um, 20, let's see. 0.25 Was that today? I think that was In March The average 30 year fixed mortgage rate Was 4.2 Now it goes to 6.6% So it is definitely costing you more The days of 3% mortgages Are over And enough about The Fed And the banks How about the Airbnb Early in the pandemic, the future of Airbnb looked grim. Bookings collapsed by more than 50%. And I was so happy. I'm not a fan of Airbnb. Now, in October of last year, my lovely lady friend and I stayed at an Airbnb in Shasta, Mount Shasta area. And it was okay, but you know, in, in hindsight... And actually, the hotel room was wonderful. But it was a hotel room. It wasn't an Airbnb. And we booked it through Airbnb. What I thought about later was, and what you should do, is if you see something that Airbnb has that is a hotel, and it, any hotel sites, don't book through the hotel sites or the Airbnb site. Go to the actual hotel not not the hotels.com but go to the hotel like let's say it's called the cafe anyway in or the cafe or the uh wait that doesn't the in anyway does that work hotel anyway okay if it's called hotel anyway for example go to hotelanyway.com go to find their website and book it directly from them same with airlines don't use the william shatner or the kaylee Cuoco or whatever that travel website is go directly to the airline and book it that way and that's much smarter you get a discount because you're not getting charged everything that hotels.com and airbnb there you know they get their cut so they charge you more yes so they crashed bookings collapsed more than 50 percent and remember that was about the time they went public too but then in year two of the pandemic bookings increased year over year by 21% each year 2021 went up 21% 2022 went up 21% now another victim of interest rate hikes might be investors who bought homes to turn into Airbnb properties Airbnb bust is happening as short-term rental hosts facing empty booking calendars, stiff competition for guests, and tumbling earnings. Some operators are hurting. The short-term rental business is bigger than ever and some operators are thriving like never before. 
It depends. The number of nights booked as at U.S. short-term rentals reached a record high in 2022. So did total revenue. Some cities have allowed vacation rental listings to multiply virtually unchecked, setting the stage for an oversupply that has come back to bite investors. All going back to the interest rates. Other places have cracked down and capped the number of permits for these vacation rentals, pacifying concerned citizens and preserving the profits of existing Airbnb owners. They're getting a bigger cut. Didn't Airbnb or somebody pass the law saying no big parties? Or I think Airbnb did. They said, hey, you can't have like these big parties at somebody's house. Somebody got shot in Oakland at one of these Airbnb parties a couple years ago. Regardless of their approach, most cities can't afford to lose the tourism dollars that flow from short-term rentals. So we shall see what happens there. But Also, there's something called Friday Night Baseball. Yes, for those of you who love baseball, it's going to be on Apple TV+. Plus. And then there is... Oh, Mark Zuckerberg's happy because Meta has gotten a third upgrade of the week this week. Wall Street loves aggressive cost cuts. As you know, they've let a bunch of people go and it's helped them. Maybe it'll also help Disney and Amazon and everybody else who's cut people. Did you know we would not have Ozempic without Gila monsters? Their hunger regulating venom inspired weight loss drugs. That little interesting fact. Outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley. Look who's here. Hello, Michael Myers. I love Gila monsters. Ooh. Yes, they're pretty scary and they got the cool tongue. And I want to change my name to Gila. Do you like the name Gila? Yes. Do you like to be called a monster? Yes. Do you like Charlize Theron? No. Wow. One person who doesn't like Charlize Theron. Look who else is here. Hello, Dave Mike. This is Valentino. Parking and ding ding. And it's a Bison Bentley. Dude! Mike, we're thinking about the little booth that we have in the parking lot. We're thinking of renting that out for an Airbnb day. Yeah, Airbnb day. Do you know that? Okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, I technically don't own that little house. I don't know who owns it. But I guess it is part of cafe anyway. I guess you really should ask me if that's okay to do that. I guess you should. Maybe you will at some point. But I guess it's not going to happen today. Next show, it'll be the wonderful Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floor Man, John Deere the Engineer. What do you think about anything we covered today? Should I stop shouting? You can call 510-228-4640. That's 510 because it's the 510 area code in the East Bay where we have BART. And if you ride BART, three things happen. First, you lose con- your nose uh, smelling sense sense of smell in your nose because you are immediately hit by the horrific smell of stale, disgusting marijuana smoke. Number two, you lose... T- what's left of that sensoryness because there'll be somebody who we call unhoused in the Bay Area 
unhoused, but they are housed because they're living inside of the BART. So they have no house, but they, they have a BART. So they have their own BART car that you apparently are sitting in, which I guess technically you also own that BART car just like that guy. That's not smelling very good. So that also destroys your nose. And then the third thing is you'll see something, maybe perhaps an unhoused person deciding to, I don't know, take off their pants or something. That's not good either. And the laundry's done, which that unhoused person does not probably have a laundry, which is sad. Yes, I know. Let's feel sad for them for a moment. And then the fourth thing, if I've got my numbers right, is you see something did we get that? Oh, maybe you hear something. That's the fifth thing is you, you, you hear something like somebody on their phone talking extremely loudly, loud. Oh, and then you're paying for all that with the rates and costs to f- get on the BART goes up every five seconds. It costs even more and more to ride BART all the time. It just then cost another $12 to ride BART or something like that. I may not have my numbers right. And then, oh, and this is the last thing about BART that is always so much fun for me to talk about and discuss and bring to you. Because I, at one time I came to the Bay Area and I was so idealistic and I had ridden BART before when I was in the Bay Area visiting, visiting friends. And I thought, oh, this is so cool. It's electric. It rides above the, the, the houses. It feels like you're flying. This is the closest I'm going to get to flying. This is amazing. And then one day you see, oh, wow, I just paid a lot of money to ride this BART. But that guy who just jumped over the turnstiles, who just jumped over the little gate thing, he didn't have to pay anything. Or that other person over there, that young teenage lady, just pushed that little door that's supposed to be for emergency purposes, just pushed it and walked right out. Well, I guess there are rules to follow here at the BART station, except for that person That young kid that's riding his dirt bike up and down or skateboarding up and down the platform or blasting their phone music super loud. The rules don't apply, but that's okay because it's called BART and it's the Bay Area. 510-228-4640 or for more ways to reach me, it's A-Frame. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.